0: Liturgy. Oh, sorry. This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church, Lakeville. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash South. So Ethan is here with us today. Hey, Ethan. So it's Nick. Hello. But Ethan uh, said, rather than a random question, I've got a a fact or a factotum. Yeah, I have a random fact. Okay, tell us what the random so, fact is. Uh,
1: it's mm. from my uh, news email. Is it um, about airplanes? No, it's not. Oh, okay. I like airplanes, though. They're pretty great. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so it says bacon. We all like bacon. I heard this on the radio this morning. You didn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Bacon is the most expensive it has been in the last 40 years. Four zero. Four zero, accounting for inflation. Accounting for inflation, it's up seven percent from one year ago.
0: Shocking! That's, that makes me very sad. Do we need to all do a rush on bacon?
2: We might. Well, now's not the. You don't want to buy high.
0: Well, maybe it's getting
2: higher. Oh, it's still worth it, though. Well, that's true.
0: So, what's your favorite way to prepare bacon? Uh, I don't know. Cooked. What's your What's your favorite <laughs> way to? What's your, uh, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about like prior to that, like smoked. Thick cut, thick uh, cut, thick cut, thick cut. Smoked, peppered.
3: I like smoked.
0: okay yeah. I don't know. I've never met a bacon I didn't like. I never met a bacon I didn't like. Uh, sometimes they can get like those cuts that are like all fat. Like,
2: not a fan of those. I like. Is that more like pork belly?
0: Uh, pork belly is definitely a fatty side of it, but you can do that thick cut pork belly and that makes a little more sense you throw like a fatty piece of bacon into an oven and it comes out like cringly and just greasy cringly cringly mm. it's, it's a word it's so dramatic. then
1: the question that goes with this all right do you like it like really crispy and snappy or do
0: you stop just before that on a scale of one being floppy and ten oh. being pre-burnt Floppy, <laughs> floppy bacon. Uh. Yeah, or or crispy on the other end. Where are you? Are you uh, right in the middle, Nick? Nah, I like it a solid eight or nine. Okay, so you're you're closer to that. Pretty end.
3: crispy. Pretty crispy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: I, I'm less crispy. Six. Uh, uh, five.
0: Where where are you at? Oh, wait, no right in the middle. F- That's not crispy. That's no like
3: no, no. less less crispy. Nowhere near it. floppy though, right? No, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> ever want to eat floppy bacon. Whatever that means. <laughs> Six and a half. Oh, and a half. that's okay. very
0: precise okay i'm probably a seven or eight yeah i'm somewhere in that in that range but man thick cut like you you got to be careful with that stuff because you like you, i think maybe the thick cut i'd be more like a five or a six and the thinner stuff mm. like you want it to, to to bite you back so good, <laughs> so good. Well, we're here today. You got a, <laughs> not to talk. Got a floppy biter here. <laughs> not to not to uh, talk about bacon, uh, but to talk with Nick and Ethan. You know, Ethan's at the back of the house. You know, handling stuff uh, on a Sunday morning. Yeah,
2: I can't do what I do on Sundays Ethan. without
0: Ethan. Yeah. Likewise, without you, we hear nothing. So, <laughs> wonder maybe we could reverse their roles a for a Sunday. Yeah. If we reverse their roles for a Sunday, we might all appreciate what they do more. That's <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> like if uh, Dave and I reversed our roles, you probably would appreciate what he does more too, no. and maybe want to get me fired. So, uh, Nick, we're here to talk about liturgy, liturgy today uh, in the worship service on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So, is what we do on a Sunday morning intentional, Nick, or is it just kind of random? It it is.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: With Nick, it is. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: it's definitely not random.
0: Um, like yeah. how, how early, this is a pre-question of that question. How early are you set up for a Sunday? Like, are you set up on Thursday? Like, you know, everything by, well, Thursday rehearsal,
2: right? Yeah, we have yeah. rehearsal on Thursday. I'm usually, well, I have the general, <clears throat> I mean, the general bones and flow of the worship service. Bones and flow. Yeah.
3: Yep. Can you D- distinguish? bones and then define... F- Flow. Yeah. So the, is the flow floppy and the bones. Are no. you Want Gosh. your worship service to bite you back. We have completely
2: <laughs> derailed. <laughs> what I mean is our liturgy. So this kind of does answer your first question. You know, a lot of people don't think about um, Protestant and especially Baptist, you know, evangelical churches as being, you know, liturgical in any sense of the word, and we really do follow. A type of liturgy, which just means an intentional flow of worship that um, reflects what we think are biblical truths. And so, those, that liturgy that we use and follow uh, is just always there. So, that's set really early. (laughs) And then we fill in the details, and everything is set by usually Wednesday. Okay. Maybe a couple changes on Thursday morning, but. Yeah. Do you ever do a last minute like Sunday, we're doing this instead of this? Like on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have.
0: Okay. Before. Usually at Dave's request.
2: Mm, not always. Okay. All right.
0: Occasionally at the Holy Spirit's request.
2: That that hopefully always. Okay, at, good. At the Checking. Holy Spirit's Checking. request. Checking. Yes.
0: Um describe for us like other liturgical settings that are more thought of as like When you say the word liturgy, like, these other churches have liturgy.
2: Right. So, I mean, a common one that most people might think of is, like, the Catholic Church, where they have, like, prescribed readings. And, um, you know, they have even, like, a calendar year, like A, B, C, or D. And there's this reading, and then you stand up and you say this, you know, many Hail Marys, and, you know, sit down. And um, it's all very prescribed and... um, So, yeah, that's a a lot of times when people think of liturgy, it's more like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, very ordered. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, Baptist churches, are they ordered at all? Well, that's the thing, is everybody has some sort of liturgy, Mm. even if your liturgy is anti-liturgical, which sounds... Oh, snap! ...sounds funny, but a liturgy is what your intentionality in the worship service. And so if, you know, Baptist, you know, or any church X, Y, Z, or whatever down the street is like, you know what? We just want to be free flowing and we're going to do, you know, it's going to be different every week and we're going to do like an upbeat song and then a slow song. That's a liturgy because it is your, you know, plan of the flow of service and it reflects something of your values when you do that. So everybody has some sort of liturgy, whether it's defined or not.
0: Yeah. After becoming a Christian, my teen years, we went to an independent Baptist church where every service ended with an altar call and a long mm-hmm. song, typically to encourage people to come forward and make some kind of commitment, recommitment, et cetera. That is very non-liturgical, at least thought of that way. But actually, it is mm-hmm. liturgical. Right. Yep. It is. A, it is a planned, always ready, always going to happen. Right. Part
2: of the service that's seeking to accomplish some sort of purpose, yep, according yep. to what you think is important.
0: Yeah, yep. what's your favorite part of liturgy, Dave?
3: Well, the yeah, I mean, the, the one that I've been most aware of has been Bethlehem's over the last 10 years or so. And I, I just like the way Nick, Nick will get into it, but I like the way it kind of imprints the gospel flow in my heart. Uh, not just for I won't steal all the thunder here, I'll let the worship guy do that. Um, but just the, just the way that we rehearse the gospel, uh, week after week. Um, and so that's just been helpful, and when, uh, when Nick came down to Albert Lee was kind of the the time where I got to sit under it uh, first as a preacher, and I've found that even as a preacher it's very helpful for my own heart before I preach to sit under that gospel rehearsal yeah. week after week. Yeah.
0: So Nick rehearsed the gospel for us in just the overarching what we do, yeah. and you know, it's is this just something unique to Bethlehem? Maybe that's a better question. Is the way that Bethlehem does the overarching mm-hmm. liturgy just totally a Bethlehem thing? Or right, are right. there other churches that have done it like we do it?
2: Yeah, it's definitely not just a Bethlehem thing. And so it has roots, you know, way back, um, going back in the Reformation, where we, our liturgy is centered around the flow of the gospel. And so what we want to do in our worship services is rehearse um the gospel in different areas and in different ways and so we proclaim the gospel you know we we proclaim the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins and new life in him and then we act that out and we display it in all the different elements of our service so that we're in different ways we're not just saying it we're actually rehearsing it with our actions and with our prayers and with our readings um, so this what I mean is, um, it, it kind of gets down to even the very definition of what we think worship is, and that's worship is a response to the revelation of God. And so when God reveals himself as holy and you know mighty and transcendent and um, all of his different characteristics, when he reveals that to the human heart, we see him for who he is and we respond in worship. Yep. So that's what worship is. And that's really how the gospel works. So, you know, God is holy, man has sinned, and God reveals himself to sinful man as holy, and we see our need for a savior, and so then what do we do? We respond in confession and repentance, and then we respond in thanksgiving and acceptance of, you know, Jesus and everything that he's done for us. So you see that reflected in our liturgy. We start after the welcome. You know, we always welcome people to the services. and then Why do we welcome people to the services? Because we want people to feel welcomed. Like we've been welcomed in Christ. Okay. So So that's connected to the gospel. Yep, it is. Yep. And then um, we start with adoration. And so adoration, what we're doing is we're singing songs or we're doing calls to worship and scripture readings that are reflecting the character and holiness and mightiness and beauty of God. We're revealing who he is. So oftentimes we'll do like a call to worship from the Psalms that declare, you know, the mighty works of God or his beautiful nature. Um, and then we'll sing a song, you know, like Agnus Dei or something, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, something like that, that reflects who is God and we're revealing him. And then what do you do when God is revealed in his character? We respond uh, rightly, And so we move from that to seeing God is holy, and oh man, we are in and of ourselves, in our flesh, we're not holy. Right. And so we need to confess the ways that we've fallen short and, and sinned, um, and, you know, we believe in a long line of Reformation uh, preachers that re- repentance is not a one-time thing, right? It's, an, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. So we're responding to the revelation of God with repentance, and sometimes we'll do a, a, a corporate reading— Of repentance, a prayer of repentance. Sometimes we'll do a song of repentance. So, like um, a couple are like, Lord, I need you, you know, the Chris Tomlin Matt Mayer song, or something like Search Me, Know Me. We did that one a few weeks ago. Um, But these are songs that are just confessing our sins before the Lord. And then what do we do after that? We remind ourselves of the assurance and confidence that we have in Jesus Christ that everyone who confesses their sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them their sins. So then we move from confession to thanksgiving, and we focus on Jesus and his work in the cross, what he's done for us, and we rejoice, and we give thanks that we are not left in our sins, um, but we've been redeemed, and that Jesus has defeated death in the grave, and now we have new life in him. Um, so we'll, we'll do songs, you know, like in Christ alone or songs that focus on Christ and his resurrection, like King of Kings, um, you know, things like that. And, and then that usually leads into like a prayer of Thanksgiving. So we give corporate voice in prayer, um, to God in Thanksgiving for the gospel. Um, and then, uh, that, that usually leads us into some type of prayer, um, for like intercession, where we're saying, okay, now, Lord, in light of what you've done for us in Christ, we can approach your throne boldly and with confidence. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, last week we sang God Turn It Around, which is just a prayer of, you know, whatever you're going through, Lord, you can turn this around. Um, and so, man, those chairs are creaky. They are. <laughs> <laughs> And the last one was definitely on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. Dave's
0: bad back. Dave's bad back.
2: So, and we do this, this is all just reflecting the gospel, right? Yep. And so what we're doing is we're proclaiming it with the words that we say and sing in the scripture readings, in the prayers, and in even the very flow of how we're ordering what we're doing. And what we're hoping and praying that the Lord will do is use all of those things to imprint in our hearts that are so—we don't naturally believe like the good news of the gospel, right? We forget it all the time, and so we need as much reinforcement as possible. (laughs) So we're hoping that the Lord uses these elements and even the order of what we're doing to imprint that good news on our hearts so that we rightly believe it.
0: Yeah, amen. And then that flows right into the Word. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the preaching of God's Word where God is— through an imperfect person, heralding his word mm-hmm. in a way that his people are fed. Yep. And prepared to then, on the back end of that, partake in a meal of fellowship with the risen Christ spiritually and with each other. Yep. Um, communion. And then moving to respond to all of that grace. Correct. And then to go out and be benedicted mm-hmm. out into the world. Um, so every, every Sunday is gospel centric.
2: Absolutely. Um, yep. through and through, and that's a liturgy that it's is def- actually, it's a, it's a actual liturgy. Yep. And there's a great book. If people want to dive deeper into this, It's called Christ centered worship by Brian chapel and, um, regulative worship guy. Mm. He is, he is. Um, but he, he just goes through like, here's the history of some of these reformation liturgies and how they reflect Christ and the gospel. Yeah, and it's been it's really cool just to see throughout church history, and it actually uses uh, one of the examples of a liturgy in the book is a Bethlehem liturgy.
3: Oh yeah, um, yeah Yep, I remember. Uses, a, yep. uses an
2: example from like the mid two thousands or something like that, yep. um, just to show this is one way that like an evangelical Baptist church reflects the gospel and reflects Christ in the way that they structure their worship services. Yeah,
0: so we're seeking to go deep. We're seeking to um, go. Go further in, further up and further in, mixing my metaphors here, mm-hmm. uh, every Sunday in reminding ourselves what we need all the time, which is Christ. Yep. We need Christ. Dave, talk a little bit about how a cruciform, cross-shaped, gospel-shaped worship service sets you up for We're preaching, dude. I mean, is preaching just an artifact on the side from all the rest of the service? Is it uh, like describe describe how that helps?
3: Well, it helps. uh, It helps my heart um, to remember how big God is. To have an opportunity to confess my own sin and failures, to be reminded of Christ. Because, right, all those things give me a chance to walk up there, going, "I have a big God. The Holy Spirit is here." I'm weak, but he's strong. Uh, I don't need to worry about my performance as any kind of means of justification. I just want to be faithful. I want to faithfully show Christ and then trust that this big God who forgives our sins and has already accepted me as his son and uh, and all these people as his sons and daughters is going to meet us because he loves us and he cares for us and he wants to change us. So that's pretty powerful. That's a pretty powerful thing that happens in my heart week after week. I mean, there have been a couple of weeks in these last couple of years where just the burdens of the week are so many that I've, you know, Nick and I have often driven in together and I've even said to him, I'm counting on you getting my heart ready to preach, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and God, God meets with grace every time. So that by the time I'm stepping up there, I'm hopeful and helped. And, and I hope, I hope that's everyone's experience so that what we're ready to do Is knowing that our God is all powerful, that He reigns, that we're forgiven, that we that we're accepted, that we belong to Him, that all the promises of God are yes in Jesus for us, that we're ready to then hear and submit and obey the Word, not out of some kind of moral duty, you know, like we're not moral deists, but out of just uh, hearts that are just primed and ready to respond to grace. Uh, So I, I think I hope it helps everyone you know to to get their hearts to that place and 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 i think you know as as nick and i have talked too i mean what what preaching really is is just another another way to show christ you know we're uh, mm-hmm. we're trying to sing about christ we're trying to show christ in the word we're trying to show christ in communion we're trying to show christ as we respond and then we we're gathering like you said earlier that we might scatter with our hearts eager to obey as redeemed children of God. Yeah, and uh, preaching is even just another example of
2: revelation and response. Yeah, yep. So again, like what we're doing with the the music before is you're just getting up there and you're revealing God from his word and Christ, and then we respond again.
0: Yeah, we sing the word, we preach the word, Mm -hmm. we pray the word, um, we speak the word. Um, It's all word-centric.
3: Picture the word.
0: Yeah, picture the word in the in, in, enact in the word or reenact yeah, the right. word in yeah. communion, baptism, so not ever separated from the word. And I think it you know, we we're trying to show forth Christ. And we also truly believe these are the gifts Christ has given us that He promises He shows Himself forth in. Yep, yeah, that's right. Like through our feeble whatever we're doing on a Sunday and a key change goes wrong or you know, Daniel singing that too loud happens. in the corner. Just and, kidding. What? What? I said that never happens. Well, Daniel singing in the corner and <laughs> making five key changes, you know, during the, the course of the sermon <laughs> or not during the course of the sermon, during the course of the, the, uh, the song, um, or something goes wrong in the back or, um, you know, we pray, we pray uh, a certain way that makes people go, huh? Or whatever the case might be. <laughs> Um,
3: that never happens.
0: Yeah, we uh, we are aiming to do uh, God's will in such a way that He shows what he, His will is through these these imperfect means. Amen. So, a couple of rando questions about this. Mm-hmm. Why do we read the scripture text out of time?
3: Well, there is a couple of reasons. Um, one reason would be we see that happen all the time in the Bible. Uh, we see uh, people read the word and then go and explain the word. So uh, in a lot of ways, that's, that's a pattern that we're mimicking. We, we believe that Bethlehem and you know, all, all evangelical churches would believe in the, the power of God's word. I mean, it doesn't return void. All the promises uh, that were written by the Holy Spirit are also enacted in the hearts of His people by the power of the Holy Spirit as we hear the Word. Uh, so we, we believe that reading the Word is powerful and changes a people. And I, think it, and I think just practically it primes people's hearts as they hear it all together to then hear it kind of unpacked piece by piece in exegetical preaching. So I think there's... There's kind of these these patterns we see in scripture. There's this theological belief in the power, and then there's really practical benefits to get people's hearts ready.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I mean, if God has spoken and he's spoken in word I mean words. Yeah. Um, you know, then his words matter. So there's uh, two chapters you're preaching on this upcoming Sunday, Dave. Will every word be read
3: ahead of time? I don't know, that's up to Nick. Nick's uh, I let Nick make those decisions.
0: Well, there's not five baptisms and there's not a five minute video this week, Nick. So,
2: (laughs) when is this going to be released? This afterwards, okay. (laughs) After after this Sunday, well, then I don't need to tell you guys what happens because you already know.
0: (laughs) That's great, that's great. Okay, uh, other other rando questions, announcements. Oh, sorry.
3: Well, maybe maybe we could just ask Ethan, you know, as he's sitting here. How does he view himself as kind of a participant as the back end help to all this happening? You know, how is how do you view your your role? Yeah, I
1: I largely <clears throat> I largely see my role as very similar to someone on stage um, like part of Nick's team. Um, in in just how all of the roles in the back function whether it's audio or slides switching video for the comments of the live stream or someone on cameras um we're all interacting in a way to be as transparent as possible um and so the content is is transparent and we're not getting in the way of that um but we're also worshiping too um in what we do and actually singing mm-hmm. um but um yeah much in that way is just being a part of that team.
3: That's great. I just wanted people to hear that because a lot of times, like you said, it's a side thing. But what I know about Ethan and the way he leads his team is that they're they're worshiping. You know, they're, they're part of the they're part of the worship leadership that's happening, and they're really worshiping themselves. We should mic up that sound booth and hear you guys singing sometime. That's right. That's right. Ethan's
2: got a great voice. Let me tell you.
3: Does he? Oh yeah. Oh. Are we going to see him? Do on I stage ever? at some point?
2: He's shaking his head. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> do, do I have a great voice, Nick? What's the next question, Daniel?
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. So, announcements how do announcements fit into the flow, or are they just an unfortunate artifact of what we have to do on a Sunday? Do you want to know what I really think? <laughs> I mean, this is a map for you to say whatever you I, want, man. I, th-
3: I think one, I think, one, <laughs> Dave's cutting I'm gonna Nick jump for you. Uh, <laughs> Nick's like looking way more uncomfortable than he needs to be over there. I think one, uh. Like, we haven't said things on this podcast that... We're always, <laughs> we're
2: always super guarded on this podcast, guys. <laughs> I,
3: I think that what where they've begun to fit maybe better is when we, is when we can kind of give a call at the end that makes an announcement, not just, hey, we want you to know this, but hey, we want you to participate in the life of the body. So I think that we've begun to see those things work better at the end of the service. So after we've seen all this grace and we're getting ready to leave... We're going. Hey, here, here are opportunities to overflow in that grace. Whether that be serving in the kitchen or serving our littles or getting in a small group where you can love on people, um, I think, I think that they fit better there. Um, and I've appreciated moving more and more towards a welcome that is truly just a welcome into the presence of God by mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus. If yep. you're here and you're. Trusting Christ, what a miracle this is <laughs> that we're here and we're gathered. And if you're here and you're not trusting in Jesus, oh, man, we're glad you're here and we hope that God meets you. I, I, I've appreciated the the shift over the last months towards that. And I, I hope, I mean, really, I hope that that keeps moving that direction. I think that's good.
0: Yeah, oh, that's great. Um, so other random stuff. Uh, we're single service like one, one liturgy altogether, uh, is that a mirror? like, hey, that happens to be where we're at, attendance is down post-COVID, do we feel like, no, that's most ideal? Um, or is it, you know, as soon as possible, give more options for more people if we can.
2: Have you done a, an episode on this before? I don't think so. Oh. I thought I remember hearing you guys talk about this before.
3: You, you do or don't? I thought so. I mean, Daniel works his stuff in, you know, there's yeah, I mean, different he podcasts. Yeah, he does. <laughs> works his stuff in. Well, why don't you take a
2: shot at this one, Daniel? Because I think you might have an opinion on it. I mean, I do have an opinion, but I'm the guy call, asking questions. I mean, I think, I think it's great
0: we have one service for convictional and pragmatic reasons. It's great to have uh, the feeling of and then actually be, you know, one congregation assembled together instead of split up over multiple services. Um, that certainly limits us in some other ways that, you know— uh, pragmatically maybe aren't best, but, uh, I, you know, we certainly aren't faced with the, you know, the challenge of having a, Mm -hmm. a a bursting at the seam service. Uh, although our numbers have gone back up again, post COVID. Um, but I, I love that this liturgy happens and then you're benedicted and that's not a, and please hurry on because in 20 minutes, the music's going to start again. Uh, of people linger and spend time with each other mm-hmm. having had the one experience of the congregation having come together so for convictional and pragmatic reasons I think that's great
3: yeah I mean we've I've done the you know I've done the two or three service thing and and like you said there is a there's a sweetness even when you add in, I mean, the busyness in some ways of, you know, Sunday school, get your kids, get back to worship, you know, that, there, there's a busyness that still exists there a little bit, but there is a sweetness of here we all are in Sunday school, here we all are in worship, here we all are in the commons, and we're, there's a oneness that we're, we're, we're acting out. right, right? So, so we're actually embodying our unity in a way that I think is, is helpful and like you said, I mean, there's, there's, there's pragmatic ways that maybe you lose out on some options, but I, I think that there's very—I I just think the Christian life is meant to be embodied and enacted, and that right now it's a really sweet place where that we get to do that.
0: Yeah, and to have this liturgy, rehearsing the
3: gospel with
0: all the other people whom I've covenanted together with mm-hmm. to look out for each other's faith Amen. Um, yeah. is sweet. There's a sweet, and even as a pastor, just like looking around, you know, I texted somebody the other day, just like, Hey man, sorry, I missed you Sunday. And they were, they were away. They were at a a different Mm -hmm. place, but just, I had that, the opportunity to be able to look around the room and say, Hey, are they here today? As opposed to like, they're probably going to catch the 11 o'clock. And again, that's, you know, just a pragmatic difference between the two. It's not necessarily like saying that's all bad or all good or anything like that. Just as a pastor, that's, it's pretty great and reassuring in some ways. Anything else we want to say about this topic, guys? Liturgy. I don't think so. Okay, wow. With the long pause. That's Oh, great. I was thinking. But I... Yeah. Well, keep your liturgy crisp. Thanks, guys.
3: <laughs> and your bacon crispier. <laughs>